Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Tyson Myers is one of the most powerful people on the planet, period. I first came across his name during my own powerlifting career. There was someone competing in the same federation, same weight class, who was just blowing numbers out of the water. He was racking up 17, 1800 pound totals in his mid 20s, and he's now knocking on the door of a total that is 2,000 pounds or more. He competes exclusively in the Natural Athlete Strength Association, a raw, unequipped, drug free organization. He's been questioned on his numbers throughout his career because they are freaking massive. But he's clean, doesn't take performance enhancing drugs, the guy just works hard, takes care of nutrition, and a few other things that you learn in today's podcast. So when I was a junior in high school, yeah, uh, my powerlifting coach was my also my linebacker coach, football coach. Um, he knew about NASA, and that's where we always took our high school athletes to go compete yeah. for nationals. Yeah, and we'd only select you know one or two each year, and then they selected me to come like my senior year. Yeah, um, so I came, and that's how I got involved with NASA. My very first meet was with NASA in Arlington, Texas, for high school nationals. And then it was different kind of weight classes. It mm-hmm. was like two oh, like two oh five instead of it wasn't one ninety eight. It was two oh five. Oh really? And then it was two thirty ones, and then so it was a little different weight classes at that time. Yeah. But, so I started lifting with them, and then I just liked the feel of you know they were drug tested, and and I, I know they tested people at the high school meet, so I knew they were actually drug tested. And uh, you know I met a couple of nice guys that you know just kind of took me under the wing, and then. I just started lifting with NASA, just because that's really all I knew sure. at that time. Sure. So. Yeah, and there was nothing that, I mean, there's no reason. They offer so many meets right. per year. You can always find something, right? Yeah, so, I mean, they had meets in Kansas, where I was originally from, meets in Oklahoma, so they're always closed. I didn't have to drive very far. And my deal with competing at, at a younger age, I just wanted I just wanted to lift weights, so I didn't mm-hmm. care where it was really at. Totally. Like people are like, well, why don't you go lift, you know, USAPL or other other organizations? I'm like, well, the weight's the weight. It right. doesn't matter. And all I do is chase my own numbers. I've never really chased somebody. I just want to beat my own numbers. Totally. So that's just how I've always been. Well, so one thing that we talk about at the Good Athlete Project is that um, it's more about the process than the product, mm-hmm. always. We say that, however, knowing that if you are diligent about the process, the product can be pretty good. Right. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about what some of your top products have been, some of your top lifts? Because whether people, I mean, we'll give you a little bio before we start this, but whether people realize it or not, uh, the truth is, and I hope, you know, you're a humble guy, but you are one of the most powerful people on the planet. Well, I'm telling you, dude, just by, just straight up by the numbers. So if you could share with us some of those numbers and then uh, if you could talk about the process that got you there. Okay. I mean, my best numbers is my best squat is 780 um unequipped with that's with wraps and knee wraps wrist wraps and a belt uh not a suit no so squat my best squat was 780 um my best squat equipped which my last equipped meet was in 2006 it's mm-hmm. been a long time yeah um it was a uh, 804 and then since then my best bench um unequipped with just wrist wraps and a belt is 512 in competition mm-hmm. And then my best deadlift is 707 in competition. Um, best total? My best total is 1964 at, two, at, 240, at 
240, right at 240. 1,964 pounds? Yes, sir. It's pretty strong. Yeah, pretty what meat good. was that at? I just did that last year at this meet a oh, year wow. ago today. Well, so last wasn't it last year at this meet that you got hurt as well? Yeah, so on my very last deadlift of the meet, uh, on my 707, I actually tore my left bicep tendon, um, which then yeah. I actually locked out the 707 completely, and then they gave me the down command, and then I dropped it because it tore. Yeah. And I actually I still got the lift because I actually completed the lift. And, sure, and got injured. In the, and then, yeah. of course, the dropping of the weight, you're not supposed to drop the weight, but mm -hmm. since it was caused by an injury and not by right. me just dropping it, they right. still gave me the They gave me you the, the 707. Lift. Yeah. Dude, with one bicep. One bicep. It tore at the very top. You, I was going to say, you were telling us yesterday you could hear it even. Yes, you can hear it on. What, it on what's going through your mind at this time? So when it happened, I knew immediately that's what happened. Uh -huh. I've always said that's the one injury I didn't want to have. Mm -hmm. Just because I've seen it happen, it just looks painful. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, it wasn't that painful. I think it was just more, I was more mad that I knew that I was going to have to have probably surgery and sure. rehab. And it was just frustrating. Another, very frustrating. So. Totally. So but it, you know, but it comes with the it comes with the sport. You know, you're gonna probably get injured even when you have great form or great technique. Every once in a while, things are just gonna happen. So mm -hmm. it's just how it is. One of the reasons that we like powerlifting so much, uh, we've mentioned, the platform of athletics has such incredible potential to change people's lives. It it it, it has potential. Isn't always, but it has potential to be the perfect learning environment. Yeah. Powerlifting specifically maps onto that so well because like there's no other sport that i am aware of maybe olympic weightlifting where you show up work hard use great technique like with i don't want to be too much of a meathead about it but we have to be but like pain is a part of this right, right. you have to there's some uh there's resilience there's a sort of endurance for pain mm -hmm. uh there's this cognitive reframing understanding that the pain that you are going through if your training was sound and your technique was mm -hmm. sound it, equals equates to growth right right um it's a hard thing to to kind of wrap your mind around and understand because it's uncomfortable um but i think it's really admirable and if you and if you frame this thing the right way you could be setting people up you know they talk about if you, is grit a familiar term grit oh yeah for sure and, yeah. and in the re, and people talk about it in the research more and more and like just passion and perseverance for a long-term goal yours like you mentioned yesterday you want to you want an 800 pound squat, right. you want a 2000 pound total. Yep. Like that's the light at the end of your tunnel. Mm -hmm. And that's why you show up every day. And that's why it's kind of an inspiring thing. You know, and it used to be, it used to be 1800, right. it was 1900 and now it's 2000. So I mean, right. and I, I think that's what it is, is you have to set goals. And then once you reach those goals, you got to reset goals or just reevaluate what mm -hmm. you want to do. You know, if you want to continue to compete or whether you're not, whether you just want to go to the gym and work out and sure. still be healthy and take care of yourself. So two questions jump out to me from that. One is what does your training look like? And then two, kind of keep this in the back of your mind for a second. But when you do hang it up, if ever, what, what will that look like? Um, so my training, the way I like to train, I'm kind of on a weird schedule right now just because of my, my training for the police department. But um I usually like to do heavy legs on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I do kind of a modified, I don't, I don't even want, want to say modified, but I used to do kind of a modified west side in a way because I, I, I have a heavy leg day is mm -hmm. how I say it. It's modified to that, not really modified to their program. But sure. So, so Sunday's a heavy leg day. Mm -hmm. um, Monday's a heavy bench day. Tuesday I use as my back and by day. So lats and biceps is the days I do, on, is what I do on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday I do my speed legs. So that consists of speed squats with bands, um, 
and even uh, deadlifts. And I don't deadlift every week. I deadlift maybe once every three weeks. I don't deadlift all the time. Yeah, can you th- touch on that if you don't mind? Because mm-hmm. here's, the, I, I think I know why. I'd like to hear what you have first. But in, in the internet age that we are in, mm-hmm. dude, how often do you see, I mean, Instagram, just people loading up plates and deadlifting. They're probably doing it two or three times a week, it right. feels like, at least. And I think that leads to overtraining. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to injuries. Yep. I mean, I've been able to do this sport since I was basically 16. And my ma- my first major injury was obviously last year on my bicep tendon. Yep. But so I've lifted 21 years, 22 years injury-free from like serious okay. injuries from lifting. Sure. And I think that's because you have to listen to your body and you can't overtrain. And when you start getting weaker, the goal is probably not to train harder. It's probably to take a step back and let your body heal. Okay. So that's, yeah. the, that's the big clue that people miss, especially the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then it's a totally different topic, but then you get into the drug use and people, they recover faster from that. Right. Which then later on still causes injuries. But. And Instagram does not drug test. <laughs> no, it does <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. So. So. No, that's, that's, that's a good point. Um, speaking of recovery, though, what does your uh, nutrition look like? My nutrition is, I'm really not that strict on it, believe it or not. Mm. I, I have gone through the, the patterns of getting this much protein a day, getting this much. And, I, and I've and i really kind of went away from that to where I, I make sure I never overeat and I make sure that I'm still getting, you know, my, my vegetables, my fruits in, chicken. I, I mean, I eat chicken more than I eat steak. That's just me as a guy. This is what you like it to just eat. digests better. Chicken just digests better than steak does, yep. especially if you're lifting. And then, you know, I've always been a big, like, I don't know if you've heard of AdvoCare. I've always seen mm-hmm. AdvoCare. Yeah, yeah. Um, my powerlifting coach got me involved in that, so I stay. I stick with those products because I know that I'm never gonna. There's never gonna be something in there that's banned that's gonna get me in trouble. Right. Because it is. Is that their thing that they they're all yeah you know NSCA cleared and all that. They kind of they, they use a company called Informed Choice. Yeah. And it's a separate company that tests their products to reassure that what they put on the label is on the label. Because mm-hmm. you know out there supplements are totally. not regulated. Right. So they can say that there's 24 grams of protein and there may be. Tin. Right. I mean, you just don't know. It could be a bunch of fillers you don't know about because they don't have to put it on the bottle. But, right. So that's why I like uh, Advocare. Um, it's been a good product for, for me. So, I mean, that's just what I take. I don't. Mm. That's not a big selling point, but it's I no. Mean, it's it's just, good. No. It's just what I use. They should have you on billboards. Yeah. That's my. Opinion. <laughs> uh, Want to lift nineteen hundred pounds? <laughs> Try Advocare. And then you know, I mean, there's a lot of athletes that you know they take Advocare, but there's a lot of good products out there. I think you just totally. got to listen to your yeah. body. There's one product that works for everybody. That's all. The, that's all. All would be on the market. So I mean, such a smart point for real. Because uh, the same holds true for training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If there was when people say like, "What's the best bicep workout?" I have no idea. Right. I can tell you fifty. You know, right off the top of my head. But I'd have to look at you. We'd have to mm-hmm. figure out where it falls within your training program yep. over the course of the week, whatever it might be. There is no one size fits all cure all. And the truth is, that is one of the things that we really hope people such a resonant message that you said uh Derek Woodski just said something very similar I don't know if you know that name but uh um he is on his I was listening to his podcast the other day too but like understand being self-aware to that level is the only way that you're going to get to your top level whatever that might be right right you want to shock your nervous system and deadlift heavy th- two or three times a week and you know you're you've got a terrible nagging hamstring issue forget it pull anyway you know right. you're going to be capped by that yep. but if you listen to your body um, whether it's training or nutrition I think that's probably everyone's best chance of yeah. 
of uh, figuring it out. And I, I think most athletes are probably dehydrated, mm-hmm. which causes most injuries. Yeah. You know, everybody worries about being, you know, the nutrition value of mm-hmm. getting a good food and all that, but a lot of them just don't drink enough water and mm-hmm. enough fluids in them. And I think a lot of injuries come from dehydration. So totally, that's just my what I've seen. You know, absolutely. Um, okay, now the question: When you, if you ever hang this up, what do you? What would you do? Um, I mean, I'm always gonna lift. So, right. I mean, I'm always gonna be in the gym lifting. I mean, I enjoy lifting in the gym just as much as I do competing, if not more than competing. Totally. You know, um, just because it's just it's just you and the weight, and you go into the gym, and it's your time. You know, yeah. to stay in shape. So I think I'm never going to, like, be totally away from the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I'll take that next step of more coaching mm-hmm. and more, like, trying to help other lifters that want help. Yeah. I've learned that, you know, you, if they ask for help, then you help them. <laughs> if they don't really ask for help, I don't really sure. give them yeah. advice. Yeah. So um, I see me doing more of that, more coaching and more, you know, I, I like more the high school Mm-hmm. age yeah. um, just because I believe there's a lot of football coaches that don't have kids squatting right and don't have good technique and that's hard to fix so every every student athlete that I get either from in high school going into college and some even going into the NFL they have horrible form horrible technique yeah and what they need to do is work on the basics totally and I mean that's every high school lifter I see most of the time are they got horrible form it's it, it's true. It's it comes back somehow to that self awareness piece. I I am a football coach. I love football and football coaches. Mm-hmm. But you never ask your strength coach to call the third and long play. Right. Right. So I think uh, uh, you know more and more coaches are, are like becoming a little more humble, recognizing that that is a science, that that is a sport on its own. Yeah. Let's out. You know. Let's let's get a strength guy into our place mm-hmm. um, and and spend the nine months that we're not in season doing this other thing but doing it right like you said right. what's the is there a high school by you that you might jump into uh, not, I mean there's several high schools where I live yeah um, so I just take individuals that I meet that mm-hmm. want to be helped I, you know I had a kid that just went to, to Baylor this year oh, to nice. play football and I helped him he came in you know and he squatted at one time in high school he told me 380 um, when I first saw him squat I cringed I thought he's like yeah I don't yeah. squat very often because my back and my knees hurt and I was like well it's, <laughs> it's, it's obvious why your back and your knees hurt yeah so we dropped him back down to 225 sure we worked him back up and I think before he left me in six months we had him back over 500 but hitting depth and actually and he's a kid that's six foot six so I mean it's not cheesy no it's not like a, a shorter kid that can hit depth real easy what positions he play he's gonna he plays uh offensive tackle and offensive he's at goal. baylor just this is first year this is his first year yeah he just turned 18 in december but he was actually a grade ahead and he's just a big kid yeah but i mean he and he told me he, he said man i hated you for making me go all the way back down mm-hmm. to 225 and you had me work myself back up but yeah. you know, he's very grateful for it now because he actually learned better technique and he says my knees and my back never hurt it's all about movement patterns. It's pro- it proper movement patterns. The body works very efficiently in certain ways. Mm-hmm. If you load it up and do it in a way that kind of resembles but but isn't the way it's supposed to move, yeah. that's when you get injuries. It's funny. Uh, I love my dad. I feel like Alex knows. I feel like I reference my dad every <laughs> so often. My dad played football back in the day. He played at Memphis State. Okay. Uh, Good football player, but it, strength and conditioning just wasn't the same back mm-hmm. then. And he's from the era where it's like, uh, don't squat; it'll hurt your knees. Right. Well, squatting improperly will hurt your knees. Correct. Right. Yep. Doing anything improperly will hurt your knees. Um, 
but I, I think that's unfortunately he, he actually just had a, a knee replacement and he's he's actually working out now more than he ever yeah. has because sometimes it does take people to be sort of brought back to zero brought back to basics yep. to, to start again so that's that's important work for sure um, you're a police officer yes sir what is the fitness element to that and how does that map onto your powerlifting so I mean me my philosophy is I was a police officer in Kansas for 15 years and then I just recently recently became a police officer in Texas um, been about six months right now, but I think you don't need to run two miles. I mean, everybody has their own set ways. I think you should be able to most of most of our contact with people mm-hmm. is in short spurts. Sure, it's sprinting, and then once you catch that person, be able to not be so tired that you can put them into custody and handcuff yes. them and and not risk your own safety. Right. So me, I, I think you want to have both. So I, as me as a powerlifter, I've always dedicated myself to I do lift heavy on my main lifts but I still do eight ten reps sure. on all of my accessory work so mm-hmm. I still want to stay somewhat lean and somewhat fit because I don't want to become which people say is the powerlifting uh, body style right of being you know the I big belly and then being strong yeah and I've always had the philosophy well I want to look look good you want to look and good and strong that's right that's so, right I want to be both. I don't want to be just one or the other. Sure. So I think it carries over a lot. I mean, it ca- carries over to your mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do have injuries or pain and, and you can fight through it. Mm-hmm. When you are tired and you can fight through it. I mean, it, it all comes back to, you know, yeah. how far you can push yourself. I just want to hit on one thing that you said about power lifters and pain. Yep. And the thing is, is when I did turn my bicep, the doctor told me, he goes, you get power lifters are the worst people you know, because I never know what your pain severity is because yeah. we're, like, he basically said, you guys are always in pain and you don't yeah. realize it. Yeah. You're always sore. You're always tweaking something and you just get used to it. Yeah. Where other people out there, they don't have that issue, but we deal with it every day and right. we just don't realize that we deal with it. So I think our pain tolerance is a lot higher than, than the general public. I think that's exactly right. For sure. It's one of the things, um, I mean, if you are, if you do what you do, train like you train, uh, one of the things that we teach our kids, you know, if they can bring a trophy home one day and see the, the sort of the fruits of their labor, mm-hmm. great. But one thing that they, one bit of confidence that we try to instill in them is like you've probably gone through a process that a very small percentage of the population ever will. Right. Right. Like, like you know it now. You know that you can get through this. Um, we were just talking to Jared, Coach K. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about him because he's actually an Oklahoma City guy. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. We were talking about time under tension right. and how that, you know, you've got to be comfortable under tension now and mm-hmm. then. If, if a little bit of tension, a little bit of stress, a little bit of pain throws you completely, you can't think in it, um, it, it might, it just might be a long road because one of the only absolutes, you know, and just the truth of it, this is nothing negative, but one of the only absolutes in life is that you're going to have to go through some stuff. Right. You know, whether that's professionally or whatever it might be. And that's like a perfect pl- uh, philosophy for a police officer is time under tension because you yeah. go from nothing to now you're under tension. Yeah. How do you handle it? And not only that, how do you bring yourself back from mm-hmm. being under that tension back to normal? Dude. Yeah. And so, I mean, we do it all day long, I think, in a meet. Yep. You get underneath the bar to squat, you're hyped up, then you got to come back down. Yep. Cause then you get, and then you got to do it again. And yep. again. And by the end of the day, you're wore out because right. you are trying to peak every time you lift. Right. So you're going up and down, up and down. And that's really how, kind of how cop work is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's up and down. That I mean, especially with the, the current storyline, mm-hmm. you know, the current obvious storyline within, uh, I, don't, I don't know, in the world, I guess. Um, what an important 
point that is, right? right. If, if you can't come down to neutral and mm-hmm. think clearly in the moment, then something that might not be dangerous might seem dangerous because you're, you're on like level nine tension wise. Right. Right. Um, and then and from there, who knows? Unfortunate stuff. Yeah. And what happens is we're up here on tension. And yeah. We, if we duck down, we want to stay on that the level playing field, but unfortunately mm. we duck down below it. And I really and think you, lifting mm. brings you back up to the norm. There you go. Getting back in the gym with people, getting back to the normal, normalcy of life. Absolutely. So, I mean, that kind of helps balance out keeping you that more of that level instead of having the peaks and the drops. The there it is. The peaks and drops. So. I like it. I think that's kind of the perfect full circle. Do you want to do some lightning round questions? You okay with some fun questions? Sure. Uh, let's go. Favorite book or movie unrelated to your field? Oh, man, that's tough. Hold on. Uh, I've got to go with Superman. So. The first one, original, 1968. Oh, with, uh, yeah, Christopher yeah. Reeves. Yes. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. Throwback. Um, what was the first concert you ever attended? Disturbed. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, Is that in your uh, pre-lift playlist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All Disturbed's in there. <laughs> Godsmack, Disturbed. That must have been Madness. Yeah. Where was that? It was in Wichita, Kansas. Actually, there was five bands, and I went to. And this is my first one, so I was trying to learn. And I went to the very front, yeah. and had to stand there for the whole five bands. <laughs> and so by the time I left, I swear there was not anything on me that was dry. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, I believe it that. was well worth it though. But they, they're kind of newer then. It was in the early two thousands, so I mean they were sure. they were pretty new. And yeah. the sickness just... album just came out, so I mean it was it was wild. It's a good thing you are strong. Yeah, you, yeah you, I, I would say in terms of first-timers at the front of a mosh pit, you, you probably yeah, handled yeah, yourself as well as yeah, I was a little younger than too, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. um, what advice would you give to somebody? As a leader in this field, what advice would you give to somebody that is uh, about to embark on a similar journey? The biggest thing is learn technique and learn form early. Um, that's going to make you more powerful than anything that – anybody else tells you or has you do. Your nutrition can be spot on, your sleep can be spot on, your supplementation can be spot on, but if you have form issues, you're never gonna fix those because it's hard to get used to squatting 400 pounds when you really shouldn't be squatting 400 pounds, you should be squatting about 250. So it's really hard for people to come back down. So I say, if you train the right way and work your way up, it's gonna help you. Love it. Um, I got two more. First one is a two-part question, so three more, depending on how you want to count them. <laughs> Number one, uh, what is your biggest fear? Biggest fear, not not leaving the sport when I'm ready. I wanted, I wanted to hear what you mean by that, though. You mean based on... I don't want to leave it because of injuries. I want to leave it because I hit my numbers and I'm done. And you're, yeah. Yeah, I want to leave on my terms, not on my... Not on an injury term or whatever. I want to hit my numbers and I want to walk away on top, not yeah. waiting too long. Makes sense. Second part of that question is, what animal would you least like to be locked in a room with? <laughs> a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not, there's not much else to say to that. Yeah, yeah a gorilla. <laughs> um, there may be many people out there, but uh, publicly thank one person that, that has helped you along the way? Uh, Eddie Kuhn. So I had a, he's my buddy that's here today lifting. Um, we have been lifting partners since I was 19 years old. And it's really hard to find somebody that can be that dedicated to come to the gym and help you lift. And he he did for 10 years straight, came to meets where he didn't lift it and all he did was wrap my knees and take care of me. So Jeez. definitely Eddie Kuhn. 
Awesome. We got to find him before the day's out. Yeah. You he's, should know that. It's a big bearded guy. I saw him. Dog pile he's powerful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Love it. Um, well, thank you so much for coming questions. on with us. We, uh, we really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. This episode brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. They are also the official sponsor of the Illinois High School Powerlifting Association, a partner organization overseen by the Good Athlete Project. We would not support a product we didn't believe in. Check them out at Hand Armor Chalk on Twitter and Instagram.